Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence of Roots Bay Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. This morning before the Cubs game started, we knew there was going to be a roster move. It was Janeshwi Fargus getting designated for assignment to make room for Adrian Sampson, who started today. Fargus didn't necessarily do anything wrong, though his later appearances with the Cubs were probably less effective than his earlier ones. The reality is Michael Hermosillo showing up, and he showed up today, made Fargus less essential, stole at-bats away from him. And boy, that's a, that's a concept I'm going to have to remember. Yeah. Um... Definitely. The uh, Fargus will be run through waivers soon. Will he be picked up by someone? Will he remain in the Cubs organization? Not sure, not sure. But the remainder of this podcast is looking at the Adrian Sampson start and why I treat prospects the way I do. Sounds like two completely different topics. Two entirely completely different topics. But maybe really they're not. Um, Adrian Sampson. When you heard Adrian Sampson was going to be pitching on a very good hitter's day in the Great American Small Park in Cincinnati. What was your first expectation. What were you thinking? This is what Adrian Sampson will do. My guess is you probably did not expect him to pitch as well as he did. Just a guess. Don't know. Just a guess. Oftentimes, people like to say in baseball, this is what is going to happen. I thought the Cubs were going to get swept in Cincinnati. Maybe win a game. Cubs won the series. Very surprising. One of the reasons with prospects that I undersell, under-advertise, underplay prospects that I really have no idea what's going to happen. I really, I did not have any premonition of how Adrian Sampson would do. I knew what he had done in Iowa. What he had done in Iowa in his 14 starts, he had gone four and two-thirds innings to seven innings in every single one of them. No clunkers, no, well, there's that one game where he only went an inning and a third and gave up seven runs. No, he didn't have that. He did not have that. What he did in Iowa was he pitched, he made the other team hit the ball, and unless they hit the ball really well, he stuck around for quite a while. Adrian Sampson today did what he did. And people are going to be, oh my goodness, how did he do? It's what he does. If there is a major league pitcher getting over two or three pitches for strikes, two or three pitches for strikes, I'm going to put the curveball here and move the fastball over there, put the slider there, Moving the ball back and forth. Hitting is really difficult when you don't know it's coming. 
Hitting is really difficult to do, even at the major league level, even for talented hitters like Joey Votto and Nick Castellanos. If a pitcher is doing his job, he's tough to hit. He's tough to hit. Does that mean that Adrian Sampson will do that every time? No, it doesn't. Does it mean that he's going to stick around? No, it doesn't even necessarily mean that. The Cubs need somebody to pitch this weekend, and might be Keegan Thompson. Could be Adrian Sampson goes back down to make room for Keegan Thompson. You never know. Um, when it comes to predicting games, I don't like to do it. I don't like to do it because I have no idea. Baseball is very much of a 30-70 sport. Even the most obvious thing to happen. You're going to get wrong 30% of the time. 30-70. You know, there's there's just not really too many things that, well, yeah, I'm 95% sure that this specific, you know, game is going to... No, the, baseball doesn't work that way. 30-70 is about as best as you get. So when it comes to talking about prospects, when it comes to talking about how is this guy going to do what... Tim, how is Christian Hernandez going to do when he gets to the major league level? How the hell would I know that? He's played a grand total of zero games with box scores in the United States. I can't guess that. I have no idea. I'm not even going to play like I can. How is um, Ed Howard going to do in three years? I, I there, There's really no way for me to have any comprehension of how that is going to happen. When I'm talking about a prospect, I don't like to say any further than how he will do next year at the next level. Really, anything beyond that is pointless. And even that, I won't do. Max Bain started last night for South Bend. Well, how's Max Bain going to He's recreating himself on the fly. Uh, listening to the game last night, his curve is a lot better than it was at the start of the year. Okay, there you go. His curve is better. Than, that, that doesn't tell you how he's going to do in three years, though, and that's what a lot of people want. So many people want to know how will this guy be doing at the major league level in three or four years. I have no idea. I can't tell you how Adrian Sampson is going to do in his next start in, in uh I can't tell you where his next start is going to be. Is his next start going to be in Des Moines? Is his next start going to be in um, Wrigley? I don't know. Beyond me. I can't know that. All I can tell you is, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I've heard. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I've read. I I, I don't want to play the game of telling you uh, well, what is Jordan Wick's estimated time of arrival for reaching Wrigley? How the heck am I going to know that? He's pitched a grand total of checks, notes, zero professional games. How am I going to know what a player who has played zero professional games, how can I effectively guess what am I using as ammunition to say he will definitely be, he will probably, he will most likely be... I don't know. Jordan Wicks has not pitched a game as a professional. When he shows he's better than advanced A ball, he should move to double A. 
Bad, I can tell you. When's that going to happen? I have no idea. I don't know what his health situation is going to be. I don't know if his arm, arm's going to stay healthy. I, I have no knowledge on any of that stuff. So while a lot of people are, oh, well, what's this guy's hit tool going to be? Is this guy going to be a 60 or a 70 power guy at the major? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, is Frank Schwindel going to be worth a 40-man roster spot over the offseason? Mm. There's plenty of people saying that Patrick Wisdom won't be worth a 40-man roster spot over the offseason. I don't know how he hit 15, 16 bombs, play a decent third base, and uh, staring at two league minimum cost-controlled seasons still to come and not keep your 40-man roster spot, but I don't know. Uh, The game today was a bit of a surprise. Hermosillo went very yard. Hermosillo is definitely in the middle tier as far as um, left tier being guys that are definitely going to be retained into next year, right tier, uh, right column, Left column, guys are being protected. Right column, guys that are definitely going to be let go. Michael Hermosillo is definitely middle tier so far. He has six weeks to prove, six, seven weeks to prove whether he belongs at the major league level next year. Does he? I'm not sure. Be kind of nice if he does. He'd be league minimum. Kind of fit in with the Cubs' plans. Um... If you are at the point where you are guaranteeing things about baseball, I know this is going to happen. I am totally confident. One of my favorites is uh, people who are saying uh, the Cubs should sign Nick Castellanos as a free agent in the offseason. Well, that's probably not going to happen because Castellanos has an opt-out but he'd have to cash. He'd have to take that in the first five years after the World Series ends. Otherwise, he's going to be a free agent with the Reds still. And there's no reason to think that he would want to run away from the Reds, who are a better team than the Cubs now, and will probably be a better team than the Cubs next year. If you are bad at baseball guessing, If you are bad at baseball guessing, don't. Don't. Watch, listen, learn, take it in, read some stuff, do some things, look look up some things. I I, I saw today where Rafael Dolis, former Cub, who's had some some level of recent success with Toronto, was DFA'd today. I asked, opened it up. Rafael Dolis, DFA candidate. Hmm. I'm not sold on if he makes sense for the Cubs or not. Not sold that he doesn't. Um, I think there's a little bit of a contract, a little bit of a contract thing. They're not nothing huge. If you buy into them, the contract is fine. If you don't buy into them, then the contract's not the reason you're going to want them. But, um... To say the Cubs should or should not, or will or won't claim Dolis. I don't have that information. 
With baseball, if you don't have the information, don't claim to. Don't claim to have what you don't have. Don't claim to know what you don't know. Sit back, listen, learn, enjoy, and try to, at least for me, what's kind of fun is walking through the logic of if I were to figure out something, how would I do it? If I were to figure out that um, the Cubs ought to claim Rafael Dolis, what would be the reasoning behind that? Uh, I'm all over the Cubs being interested in Kevin Padlow, a player that the Rays designated for assignment. The White Sox designated Zach Birdie a couple days ago, and the Orioles claimed him today, uh, claimed him on waivers. So there's there's always going to be people who are being made available, and if you can get a player who has years and years and years and years of cost control, even if they're already 25 or 26 or 27 or 28 years old, heck, even 30 years old, if they have years of cost control and can be productive, why the heck wouldn't you want them? Why the heck wouldn't you want them? This isn't like Logan's Run where people get killed at 32. Somebody's yelling at their computer right now. Damn, it's not 32, it's 34. How can you be so stupid? Whichever. Um, with baseball, it's assessing talent. And realizing who is probably lowest on the totem on your squad right now. Lowest on your totem right now. Finishing it off, finishing it off, finishing it off. When we talk about who should get designated for assignment. When that comes up. I'm not a big fan of cheering players getting designated for assignment. It's kind of like um, cheering when somebody in your neighborhood, uh, their son or daughter has been playing the cello or the piano or the harpsichord or what, whatever it is, and they gave it up. They just didn't like it anymore. You don't, go, you don't go into a happy dance. Yay! Your kid hates playing music now. No, that it, you you should not be happy when someone is designated for assignment. More importantly on this topic, when you continuously get something wrong, continuously, continuously, continuously get something wrong, stop doing it. The people who, well, why are the Cubs bringing in Michael Hermosillo when they're already giving Ian Happ and Jason Hayward at bats? They should designate Happ or Hayward. If you keep getting something wrong, figure out why you're getting it wrong. If you keep getting it wrong, figure out why you're getting it wrong. If you think Jason Hayward ought to be the one being designated for assignment, and he keeps not being the guy designated for assignment, figure it the heck out. It's really not that hard. If you think Ian Happ should be the one getting designated for assignment, he keeps not being the guy that gets designated for assignment. Figure it the heck out. There are reasons for things. There are reasons the players that are getting designated are and aren't getting designated aren't. 
figure it out once you start getting to the point where you are right or really close 75% of the time. Right or really close 75% of the time. Instead of right or really close um, 10 or 12% of the time. Once you start figuring out the logic behind what moves are going to be made, what moves ought to be being made. Until you get to the point where you're actually figuring that stuff out, don't even bother. Don't waste everybody's time. The reason Janeshwi Fargus was designated for assignment today, his at-bats vaporized. Absolutely vaporized with Michael Hermosillo showing up. Fargus may clear waivers. He may not clear waivers. Either way, fine. I can wish him the best of success wherever he ends up. That'll be a cool thing. If it's going back to the Mets, if it's going back to Des Moines, whatever it is, I can wish him well. He gave it a good effort. He has some strengths in his game. He has some weaknesses in his game. As you try to figure out what the next moves are going to be, once you start getting good at those sorts of guesses, and they are guesses because you don't have complete information, neither do I. If you start getting good at those sorts of guesses, then people will start really paying attention to your opinion. If you, Someone asked me recently, would you please follow me on Twitter? I said, really, no. Sorry, but really, no. I have a limit as to how many people I want to follow. If you provide value with your tweets, I will happily follow you. But you have to provide value in your tweets. If it's all just a bunch of retweets of things that I've already figured out or already knew, then there's no point. If you start to come up with content, people will care. If you start to get fairly good at projecting which guy is going to get designated for assignment, people will start to value your opinion on those sorts of things. Adrian Sampson pitched a really good game today. It shouldn't have been a huge surprise. If it was a huge surprise to you that Adrian Sampson, who pitched relatively well in Iowa over 14 starts, if 14 starts with relative success in AAA doesn't get you to think, hmm, it's possible he could do fairly well at the major league level, at least on a once or twice um, opportunity, Perhaps you should do a little bit more research on what are the things that predict success in baseball. Maybe. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Tuesday. Be safe, be nice to others, and I have another podcast I have to get to rather soon. Thank you.